Hello, I'm Ashley Wilson, Assistant Director of Empowered 21, and I want to welcome you to the Empowered 21 Leadership Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Todd Johnson uh, from the Gordon-Conwell Center for the Study of Global Christianity. Dr. Johnson, welcome. We're glad to have you today. Glad to be here. We're excited about um, what you've been doing, which is uh, kind of a multi-year study on the Spirit-Empowered Movement and what that looks like, its growth rate around the world. And uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into the study, tell me a little bit about yourself, Dr. Johnson. Well, I grew up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and my parents were farmers who moved into the city and worked in factories. So I'm actually the first uh, uh, person in my extended family to go to college. Oh, wow. First to a BA, then an MA, then a PhD. But uh, I worked on multiplication tables with my father when I was you know, in elementary school, and I even tutored other students in math. So um, I loved math, but then I got into missions, and I thought there's no place for math in missions. But I ran into my father-in-law, uh, Ralph Winter, who really encouraged okay. me to mix the two, to take my math interest and apply it to missions. So I began counting uh, all sorts of things that are related to missions and to global Christianity. And I've spent my whole life counting, which I love to do. Wow, that's an amazing story, how you were able to marry the two passions into something that's become, I think, very beneficial for the kingdom of God. So uh, tell us a little bit about this study that you've undertaken, um, looking at the spirit-empowered movement around the world. Uh, maybe define in your terms, what uh, spirit-empowered means and what we mean when we talk about the spirit-empowered movement. Right. Well, this study really goes back uh, many, many uh, decades. In fact, uh, we credit much of what we're doing to David Barrett, who was an Anglican missionary and uh, went to, to uh, Kenya in the 1950s. And then he started researching in the 60s. And then he's the one who actually began to count Pentecostals and Charismatics. And so I joined him uh, in 1989, and we set out counting. And we, we um, looked at three different types of, of Pentecostals around the world. Uh, first of all, classical Pentecostals, and then Charismatics in the mainline churches, which was my experience, and then independent Charismatics that came a bit later um, and spread you know, all, over, all over the world. And so we used to call all of that renewalists because okay. it was hard to know what to call the whole thing since you had so many different pieces. Um, but uh, in the last few years in studying this, we felt that this newer term, spirit-empowered Christianity, a spirit-empowered movement within Christianity, is really a great term to use. So um, it includes all kinds of Pentecostals, Charismatics, and Independent Charismatics. It's a very expansive term, but it's roughly equivalent to what people used to mean by global renewalists or people say global Pentecostals. And right. oftentimes they're talking about a much wider phenomenon, which would include Catholic charismatics, sure. for example. Sure. So we're, we're really in this, we're really in the same um, uh, team that we were in earlier as far as how we're considering. This. We just have a new way of talking about That's it. That's right. Yeah. So it's not a different group of people, but it's maybe a term that uh, might be useful now. 
Okay, wonderful. So in this study that you've undertaken, tell me what are some of the highlights of, of what you've, you've found over the last few years as you've really been digging deep into, uh, into what the Spirit-Empowered Movement is around the world and its rate of growth and things right, like that? Right. Well, I think uh, the, the big news is growth, actually. Um, and, and now that we've finished this, this latest study, uh, we can say pretty definitively that um, Spirit-Empowered Christians were only 0.1% of the world's population mm-hmm. in 1900. Of course, that was back when things were getting started. Right. And then uh, in 2020, we think it's 8.3%. Wow. Which means one out of every 12 people in the world is is a spirit empowered Christian. Wow! So that's that's phenomenal. That kind of growth. It's four times the the growth rate of uh, global Christianity over that same period. Okay. And we think, and it, it's now 644 million is what we're saying for 2020. We're pretty sure that we're going to hit one billion before 2050. And when that happens, we're talking about one in ten, or even wow. less than one in ten. Uh, will be spirit-empowered Christians on the whole planet. Uh, it's about 26% of all Christians right now. Yeah. And it's on its way to 30, maybe 33. So, you know, we, we were recently one out of every four Christians, spirit-empowered Christian, and in the future, possibly one out of every three. Wow. So, so it's really a story of growth. That's, that's uh, one of the most significant things. And from now until 2050, we think, uh, it's going to grow twice as fast as Christianity is growing yeah. as a whole. That's exciting. Yeah. Where are you seeing kind of the most explosive growth uh, in the spirit-empowered community? What, what's been kind of the real growth story? Yeah. Well, the anchors of the movement are well-known, like Brazil. Brazil has all different kinds of spirit-empowered Christians. You know, the Pentecostal church is very yeah. strong in Brazil. The Catholic Charismatics have been growing in Brazil, and independent groups have been growing there. So that's that's really um, one of the the most amazing places when it comes to the phenomenon. But there's a lot of others. There's Nigeria in Africa, or even the Democratic Republic of Congo, which okay. has been under a lot of pressure um, with civil war and that sort of a thing. Or the Philippines, um, and and the newcomers now being China, India. Two largest countries in the right. world are under um, uh, some change now as it comes to the uh, spirit-empowered Christianity. So, so those are those are all huge countries with huge numbers. Mexico yeah. is another place, um, but the fastest-growing places are actually the smallest because okay. it's easier to grow faster when you're small. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was recently in Thailand, and on my way. Back, I stopped in Doha, in Qatar, Mm -hmm. and I was uh, amused to find on my list as we were finishing this study that Qatar has the fastest-growing, spirit-empowered Christians movement in the world, and it's because of of immigration or migration. Sure. And and the migrant workers who are working there are spirit-empowered Christians in large numbers. So it just it, it's just a big movement of people into a country, but it's rather But as rather they come in, they're bringing their spirit-empowered uh, Christianity oh, yes. with them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah, and even Saudi yeah. Arabia has, has about a million Filipinos. And Filipinos, right. both as Protestants, Pentecostals, Charismatic Catholics, that's a huge number of people in Saudi Arabia who are spirit-empowered. Yeah, that's exciting. You know, I, 
you think about what Jesus talks about with uh, the yeast, kind of how it works its way through uh, the whole loaf, you know. Um, and I think our prayer would be that as those small groups of people move into those countries, that uh, there would be some uh, some relationship building yes. that would happen there and, and the gospel would be spread. I know you shared something in, a, in another video of yours that I watched that I was uh, I was particularly challenged with, and that was the statistic that uh, 87% of the world's uh, Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus do not personally know uh, a Christian. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and what that what that it says to us as kind of a challenge for spirit-empowered Christianity? Yeah, that's right. That 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 in fact is probably our greatest challenge going forward because because spirit-empowered Christians maybe in particular are aware of the fact that the gospel is for the whole world, for all the peoples of the world. And we've been studying the peoples of the world for quite some time, maybe 30, 40 years now. And what we did is we looked at ways that we could try to measure personal contact between Christians and non-Christians. And as we did that, that's where we discovered this gap of of 87%. Um, So there are a lot of people around the world who just have no personal contact with um, Christians. Um, But one of the other things that we've uh, discovered about spirit-empowered Christianity is that it has shifted to the South, just like global Christianity. This is our biggest finding in global Christianity is that in 1900, uh, 82% of all Christians were Europeans or North Americans. Today, it's only 33%, which means 67% of all Christians in the world are Asians, Africans, Latin Americans, or or from Oceania. Wow. Now, with with spirit-empowered Christians, this is a brand new finding for us, We just recently discovered that spirit-empowered Christians in 2020, 86% of all spirit-empowered Christians are in the global south. 86%. 86%, which is actually quite good news for this 87%, completely different statistic Mm -hmm. of uh, lack of personal contact because um, the people who've never heard of Christ and have no contact with Christians are in the global south. They're in Asia in particular. So the fact that spirit-empowered Christianity has shifted and grown so much in the global south means that Christians, uh, spirit-empowered Christians in the global south are in proximity with people of other religions. So the big question is where, when and where is the friendship and the hospitality and the and the personal contact. That's, sure. that's, I think, the biggest challenge that Christians face, but also I think spirit-empowered Christians are uniquely placed in the global south to address this uh, tremendous shortfall. So I'm, I think that's yeah. an exciting That's extremely exciting that yeah. spirit-empowered Christians are on the forefront, on the, on the, on the, the front of the line, if you, if you will, of, yeah. of where the, the gospel need is the greatest. What other trends, as you've done this study, what other trends have you seen in spirit-empowered Christianity that have kind of jumped out at you? Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple of unexpected things, which I think bode well for the future as we we talk about what's going to happen around the world uh, among spirit-empowered Christians. One is that almost all of our founders, the founders of, of the Pentecostal charismatic movement around the world, um, and were heavily engaged in ministry to the poor. Okay. 
And uh, one of the problems that uh, Christians have faced in the 20th century is a, an artificial divide between evangelism and social action, mm -hmm. and social justice, okay? Um, and yet our founders did not have that problem. They did not see a divide between these two. They preached the gospel and they ministered to the poor. And, and a major study was done of, of spirit-empowered Christians around the world a few years ago, and it came up with a surprising um, finding that most of, of, the, of the churches of spirit-empowered Christians are heavily engaged in ministry to the poor and uh, doing health and education and you know, all sorts of justice work. And that, I think, is, is really encouraging because, because the artificial divide between these has been hurtful yeah. to Christianity. And a lot of the people who need the gospel are also in need of, of um, care of various right. kinds, you know. And so, so I think this is a, a very forward-looking part of the spirit-empowered movement. I think we're, we're uniquely poised to meet people's needs and to preach the gospel and not, not see um, the difference. I, I was uh, reading something a couple days ago where Amy Semple McPherson, mm -hmm. who started the Foursquare, Foursquare Church, she said, we are not just to be good. No, she said, true Christianity is not just to be good, but to do good. Yeah. And I, I love that quote because I think that's saying again, these are integrated. If you're, if you're empowered by the Spirit, you are preaching the gospel, but you're also engaged in social action. And uh, that, to me, is, is a very encouraging finding. I think it's interesting that uh, global poverty uh, and people who would be most in need of social justice-type work um, uh, tend to be, I think, based on what you've said, in this global south area uh, where spirit-empowered Christians are at their strongest. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a great opportunity there uh, that I'm excited about. So mm -hmm. what else? I noticed uh, you talk a little bit about women uh, in, in uh, spirit-empowered Christianity. What have yeah. you discovered as you've, as you've studied that? Yeah, well, that's another, that's another encouraging sign, although I think we have some work to do. Um, if you look back at the history of the spread of the spirit-empowered uh, movement, you see women everywhere. Yeah, I will say know? this. The yeah. first preacher in our family uh, was my great-grandmother, uh, who in the 1920s and 30s uh, traveled the Southeast United States as a single woman uh, holding Pentecostal revivals um, yeah. until my great-grandfather was saved in her ministry, and they got married, and the rest is history. So That's right. Yeah, and that's very typical we just did a, uh, an encyclopedia, the World Christian Encyclopedia, and we had people all over the world um, helping us with photographs. So we said, send us photographs of Christians mm -hmm. doing things. And we got photos from all over the world, and they were mainly women that wow. were actually the, doing the things. Yeah. But the difficulty is women have been done a lot of the work, and men seem to be doing a lot of the explaining. So okay. we're hoping uh, you know, it, that, again, we'll see... Uh, women not only doing the work, but involved in leadership, which is also sure. something that's been true in the spirit-empowered movement, that women have had leadership roles. And, and there's differing opinions yeah. within our movement about what should be done. But nevertheless, that, that, that's uh, an area that would be very, very important in the future, yeah. is to recognize the role of women. 
a lot of the people who watch this podcast are younger leaders. Um, and so what would you say to a, a young spirit-empowered leader, somebody in their 20s who's uh, just kind of starting out in ministry? Um, what do you see as the future for them in the spirit-empowered movement on a broad level and maybe some advice that you might give to them? Yeah, well, they, the, 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 these trends of uh, you know, more social ac- action and social justice, this is an area where people can get involved. And, and, you know, recognizing the role of women is another area that will, I think, attract younger people to be more engaged. Um, but a, a third area is the fact that the world is becoming increasingly diverse. People are moving all around. And I've noticed that younger people seem to be more comfortable with diversity. Yeah. And uh, some of us older people are nervous about that, you know. Um, and, and I, but I think younger people are well-suited to be friends uh, with people in other religions of other ethnicities. I think another thing that we started out strong as uh, was in racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. you know, Azusa Street and so on. It was, it was part of who we were. And then we split, you yeah. know, in, into different groups. And I think it's time to come back together. And I think that's something that younger people and work on is bringing uh, all this diversity within the spirit empowered movement together but also being adept at at uh, operating with people who are from many different backgrounds ethnic and uh, religious backgrounds i think there's something new that's going to happen in that area that's been eluding us and it might be why the statistic of 87 percent who don't know you know muslims hindus and buddhists mm-hmm. don't know a Christian personally, that's something younger people can work on. And I think they're uniquely placed to to really do something about it. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Johnson, thank you for being with us today. Uh, Again, thank you for watching. Remember to subscribe, uh, either follow us and subscribe on YouTube or subscribe uh, on iTunes and look for new releases of the Empowered 21 Leadership Podcast. Again, I'm Ashley Wilson. Thank you for joining us.